This is the Orange Podcast. Conversations with Orange City Council for the local community. This is Alan Reader. Thanks for tuning in for the latest episode of the Orange Podcast. In a week where we had our first citizenship ceremony in quite a while, an event proving we can do a COVID-safe ceremony. What it's like to move to a new country to choose to become an Australian, coming up later. But first, the recent completion of a new rail overpass bridge put the focus back on a huge project called the Southern Feeder Road. It's a topic that came up at this week's council meeting when the meeting gave the go-ahead for a future stage to happen. It's time to catch up with the man who's guiding that project, Orange City Council's Technical Services Director, Ian Greenham, for an overview on what happens next and then what. Ian Greenham told me earlier that the contract for the next stage of the Southern Feeder has been awarded and work is set to begin in the coming month. Stage 3 has already been led and we've um, led it to a local contractor, um, Mars, who are trading as Hamcon Civil um, for that project. Um, they They will actually, they're doing all their preliminary works at the moment and will actually start on site in early October. That'll be a new bit of road connecting the Leeward Industrial Estate to the highway. That's going to be a, a positive amount of infrastructure for a, a worthy cause there. Yes, Dairy Creek Road's been a fairly tired road for, for some time now, Alan. And um, every time it rains, we, it generally breaks up fairly severely as well. Yeah, that doesn't make sense to, to do up an old road if you're about to completely rebuild it. No, that's correct, yeah. And, and hence, we've, we've, been, um, we've been patching it up as we go and just holding it through to... To, to now essentially um, and we're now ready to start work in earnest and um, council and its residents will see a, a much improved road network through there. At the spot where the Southern Feeder Road hits the highway, a new intersection there? Yes, a new intersection there. So we'll realign that um, closer to the city um, from its existing alignment. We'll have dedicated left turning circles and we'll also have um, an overtaking section to the right for those turning vehicles that are prop to turn right into the Southern Feeder Road. And if people are wondering where that uh, intersection will be on the highway, pretty well on the spot of a new big billboard that's there at present. Yes, that's right. So that billboard will, will be taken down. Looking to the other end, stage four, this week's council meeting gave the go-ahead for the next stage after the one we're about to start gets underway. Stage four, where does it go from? From the top of Anson Street? How far through? Yeah, that's right. Stage four will go from the top of Anson Street all the way through to the pinnacle. Um, it'll open up the Shirley subdivision to the southern side of town um, rather than having to go back over the railway line. So it will feed in through there and um, make great connectivity between that housing estate and the medical precinct as well. So um, opening up through to the Pinnacle, there's a lot of uh, medical staff that live in, in Western Orange um, and the, the Southern Feeder Road will actually benefit as will the orchards that take product down to Sydney to the Sydney markets. Um, they will have direct access via the Southern Feeder Road onto the Mitchell Highway and in, down into Sydney. This week's council meeting, as they approved that stage four section, also um, uh, considered a review of environmental factors. Why is it important for a road like that to, to have an environmental review? And do you learn anything from that process? Yes, we do. Um, we've got a number of tree species there that are of significance. Whenever we go through a development process where we um, we, we look at alternate routes, of course, as well, but um, if we do have to um, 
knock down some trees in, in way for the infrastructure that's coming through. We also have some offsets that we, that we either have ourselves on another property or that we buy commercially through, through that trading scheme. So far, the, the Southern Feeder Road has been uh, pretty well, the, the, the sections linked together. Um, and I gather that's been about getting the most, uh, choosing the bits to work on first where there's the most traffic. After stage four, that's a way up the track. But what will happen after stage four? We have a resolution from council to start from the Northern Distributor Road back um, along the Southern Feeder Road there from, from where the NDR hits the Escort Way and, and runs into Ploughman's Lane. Um, we, there's a proposal there for a roundabout there. Um, that's already commenced as far as the designing stages, so it's all been um, surveyed and some geotechnical investigations have been completed. Um, we've got a, a planned layout. We've, um, we've also secured land around that area for the wider wider roundabout um, at that location. So it's now at a stage where what we generally call shovel-ready. Does shovel-ready make it easier or more attractive to government that wants to get on with things? It certainly does, yeah, because um, these projects take um, often years to get off the ground and um, the planning for the Southern Feeder Road has been in place for some, some many years. The road that goes around the northern side of Orange, Distributor Road, the bypass some people call it, that's very much a, a part of people in Orange getting around town. Can you and see a time in the not too distant future where the southern leg will be just as valuable for the people of Orange? Absolutely, Alan. I think when we go through Lucknow, we have about around 8,000 vehicles per day on the Mitchell Highway. Um, there's some sections of the northern distributor road that carries around 15,000 vehicles a day. So um, roughly half of those vehicles are actually generated or vehicle movements are generated within town itself and, and being used for, for people within town to move to other parts of town. Just like the Southern Feeder Road will we'll open that up and it already has a major centre in the Bloomfield Medical Precinct as a driver for traffic. It will pull a lot of traffic off of some of the council's main feeder roads um, that work on more of a hub-and-spoke network. This will form the rim of that hub-and-spoke network and, um, and in many cases be a more, a more advantageous route to, to travel into that medical precinct. Orange City Council's Technical Services Director, Ian Greenham. Most of us didn't choose to become Australians. We were simply born here and it just happened. This week in the council chamber, a handful of people who chose to come and have chosen to stay. From this time forward, I pledge my loyalty to Australia and its people, whose de democratic beliefs I share, whose rights and liberties I respect, and whose laws I will uphold and obey. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr Matthew James Sanford. Matthew James Stanieforth, uh, I'm from Portsmouth, England originally. Uh, came to Australia for a new challenge. Um, I came here on holiday, had a really good time. So I came here in June 2010 um, yeah, to try something different originally and I ended up 
staying here, getting work, love the country, love the place, ended up meeting my lovely wife. Now I've got a baby, so yes, very much settled here and love it. What made you decide to become a citizen? I was here for about eight years and um, I got married last year, had a baby, and I felt that I just wanted to be part of the community um, in a more sort of official way, um, instead of just being known as the POM in my workplaces and whatnot, to be honest. So, yeah, wanted to be Australian, but also just to, yeah, be part of a one-rounded family, I suppose, yeah. Why Orange? Um, I met my wife here, and she wanted to stay, and I did too. So, uh, yeah, I moved here from Sydney for a tree change, um, loved it, and, uh, yeah, once I met my wife and we're settled here, so, yeah, it's great. My name's Nicole Taylor and we've just witnessed the first citizenship ceremony held at Council Chambers since March and I'm here with Christine and she's going to talk about her experience. Hi Christine. My name is Christine and I'm from Zimbabwe. I came here in 2008 and today is my citizenship ceremony and I'm so excited. <laughs> I came in 2008 from Zimbabwe. So why did you move from Canberra to Orange? Because uh, Orange was affordable. Compared to Canberra, <laughs> really friendly people. Yeah, I love Orange. I really enjoy the Australian culture because people are friendly and welcoming. My name is Hannah Hamdan. I'm from Sudan, Khartoum. Coming here when I was one years old, 18 years, se- 17 to live in Sydney, and we moved to Brisbane for a bit. We've been just been back Sydney, Orange, Sydney, Orange for a couple of years. It's equally shared. Everyone's nice. Just yeah, you feel included. Were you nervous about today? Um, yeah, but it went okay. Um, I thought we had to stand up and actually say it, but it was all right. Does it make you feel any different now that you're officially a citizen? Yeah, it makes me just feel included. Usually at this time, we have a wrap of the week from CEO Dave Waddell, um, standing in the chair this week, or actually sitting, Director and Planning Development Services, Mark Hodges. Mark, what are the highlights of a week at Orange City Council for you? Well, this week we certainly had a council meeting uh, on Tuesday night. A couple of interesting items that came up there to, um, uh, on the agenda were the planning proposal down near the new Bloomfield Hospital um, to allow a bit of tweaking of the retail space down there. Uh, Council's resolved to defer that matter for allow a bit more negotiation with the uh, developer on what uh, what they're proposing. A couple of speakers at the meeting were concerned we're not having a focus on the CBD and it might uh, move that uh, uh, traffic further afield. Yes, we've Orange has a long history of being focused on making sure we don't you know, approve things on the fringes, the retail. Uh, sector that could adversely impact on the CBD. So that's what Council's asked us to look at again uh, with that developer. So we'll come back to the Council with some options uh, at a later date. Um, Another item that was interesting was the the TOWAC um, uh, rezoning over there for an equine precinct. So this is just on the western side of um, uh, the race course, and it uh, it's a nice little uh, residential subdivision or, or large lot residential subdivision. But a key thing that's going on exhibition is just a proposal for the developers over there to uh, fund a underpass under the any future Southern feeder road. So it'd be effectively people be able to ride their horses from their block down under the under the um, Southern feeder road when if it, if it gets built and. Uh, 
into the TAWAC uh, horse precinct areas. That voluntary planning document you talked about, is that a way of... Um, that that's not something that the whole community is going to benefit from. So the developers who want to make up a, a new subdivision there get to work out how to share the cost between them. Is that a good summary? Yeah. So it doesn't pass on the cost to the ratepayer. The developers uh, and the landowners uh, put that money forward uh, and it's part of the key assets for that um, uh, for that development. So I think that'll be quite an interesting thing. It's not a, it's, there's nothing like it uh, in our council area, so um, I think it'll be a, a lovely um, uh, subdivision once it goes through. To be able to, if I was a horse enthusiast, to be able to um, pick a couple of acres and then have a race course across the road, it sounds like an ideal situation. Oh, I'd be spot on for that. Uh, also, you, you keep in mind, it's not just racehorses. There's pony club over there as well. So if the kids um, grab their pony and they take him across, and um, you know, that's, that's the future of that area. So uh, This week, we've also had, the, for the first time, a citizenship ceremony. Council health hosts those on behalf of the federal government. Uh, do you like to see those sorts of things happening again now under COVID? Oh, it's so exciting to bring that uh, back, be able to bring that back in. Um, you know, six new residents this week, um, ranging from uh, New Zealand, UK, Zimbabwe, uh, Sudan and uh, Pakistan. So um, it's nice to be able to recognise uh, those, uh, those uh, residents and they're always so motivated and enthused when you see them. They're just lovely to meet. We've grown up in Australia and we didn't really come here as a choice. It's, it's fascinating to hear the stories of why would you choose Australia? And the fact that these people have made that choice and are now committed to the place, it, they're great stories to hear. Oh, it's, they are fascinating. Orange City Council employs hundreds of people. It's fantastic when someone's been here for 28, 29 years. Tell us the story of someone who, who retired through the week. Yeah, we um, had the retirement of Colin Corbin, a fantastic uh, um, staff member, been with us for certainly 28 years. He um, started as uh, one of our design engineers, uh, moving through into... Uh, designing of large projects and then in, in, in being involved in the construction towards the end of his time here of some big projects, things like the uh, Macquarie to Orange Pipeline. Um, he's certainly been doing the, the, the Southern Feeder Road, the bridge over the, over the um, railway line there, just near Leewood Estate, um, heavily involved in those big items. So, you know, uh, Karkor to, um, uh, to Molong Pipeline, he was involved in that one as well. So, He'll be sadly missed, um, has an exceptional uh, knowledge base of engineering uh, science about him uh, and a lovely guy to boot. When he first started working, he was saying at his farewell that he, he pretty well knew every street in Orange. I don't think he could do that anymore. No, it was, um, he, did, he has said uh, that uh, Orange has been growing a bit fast for him now and um, he doesn't quite know as many of the streets, but um, uh, it does show the depth of knowledge that he knew. He knew a lot of the, the, the locations of stormwater and sewer pipes and, and water lines through the, through the whole city. So um, he's a knowledge base that uh, we'll struggle to replace, but, um, and, and we certainly wish Colin well in his retirement. We've had, we've had some more rain and some more forecasts for the weekend. Pleased to see the water levels rising, Mark? Oh, it's lovely to see the dam coming up. Uh, it's just over 57% now, so and the water's still running in, into it, uh, even though it's been a few days uh, since the rain. So shows you what the, uh, the country is like here. Once it gets saturated, it continues to rain, uh, run. Um, so it's just nice to see less of the dam wall. So getting close to that 60% mark, which is a great, great milestone to get through. And before we go this week, a shout out to the team and listeners at Orange Community Radio 107.5, who's been broadcasting this program. Good to hear it's going to a much broader audience. 
Thanks for being here for the show this week. If you liked what you hear, do subscribe where you get your podcasts. Simply search for The Orange Podcast. Until next time, bye for now.